G'day ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast. I'm your host, Troy McCubbin. You've really got no choice in that. And uh, yeah, this is number 36 on the Guitar Wank Podcast scale. Thank you for taking the time out of your life to... uh, to basically waste and listen to us. We really appreciate it and love all the support we've been getting from all over the world. And uh, yeah, it's it's been great. A lot of great questions and emails and that coming in. We're, we're getting through them all, ladies and gentlemen, slowly. We're doing that. I'd uh, love to thank our sponsors and that I will. Dear Dario, thank you for your lovely guitar strings and gift bags that you gave us at the Guitar Wank Roadshow. Fishman Triple Play, Jimmy Dunlop Guitar Picks and guitar wank picks my music masterclass sennheiser microphones sir guitars and amps wire world pro audio cables exotic picks and riffmasterpro.com really appreciate all your support and everything you uh do to get behind the guitar wank experience big news for the guitar wank podcast we have hit over fifty thousand subscribers Woo-hoo! Right? That's pretty amazing. 50,000 when we didn't think we'd we'd last a month or we'd have three listeners. So we've gone be- far and beyond our expectations. Um, it's so fantastic. It's, it's really, really cool. And we're getting fantastic emails all the time. The abuse has slowed down. I think we've maybe lost those listeners. Damn it. Damn it. Oh, we're going to have to be more offensive. Anyway, <laughs> it was fun getting those emails where it's like, hey, you guys are saying this wrong and you're saying that wrong. You know, it's good to get that feedback. We, we like it. We like to open dialogue if that's possible. But um, to all our listeners out there, whatever you're doing, we hope you're safe. And in this crazy world, because I don't know, in my lifetime of, what am I, 45 now? My 45 years on this earth i can't remember it this crazy it just seems like we've gone into crazy phase around the world a lot of heavy shit is going on and if we can just take you out of that heavy shit for one hour a week you know i feel like we're doing a good thing and learning a lot i'm getting inspired i'm just trying to find the hours to practice and get on the instrument more but um there's so many i didn't you guys are probably the same you get on the internet you go to youtube and the the amount of amazing guitar players now, it's like a resurgence of guitar players in the last five years. It just, it's crazy how many people are just amazing. So um, it's definitely inspiring and humbling and can throw you into a massive depression quite easily as a guitar player where you've got some kid who's just playing incredibly and he's been playing for a couple of years and you're like, what have I been doing wrong? Anyway, but it's all you get. You got to walk away from that and just be inspired and do your thing, and that's why it's really important to have your own voice and 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 talk to others. And I hope through this guitar wank podcast, we're kind of doing that and talking to some people like Bruce and Scott. Besides all the crap that they talk, they do have some great suggestions and just really cool dialogue to open up and talk about. Right? I guess. I don't know. It is for me anyway. I just sit here and laugh. You know, my job is just to direct the conversations, keep it interesting, keep the questions coming, and uh, yeah, and just keep Bruce awake and uh, <laughs> stop Scott from uh, getting political. Basically, my job. 
So, uh, without further delay, I think that's about it. Oh, some big news. Well, besides the Guitar Wank Roadshow, which looks like we potentially could have something happening in Texas. Um, I might be jumping the gun, but there's been an offer in the Texas state of Texas that would uh, love to have the Guitar Wank Roadshow come out there. So, we're going to talk about it and see if we can make that happen. I think that would be amazing. I know Scott and Bruce are excited about it. So let's see if we could make that happen. Um, there is even talk, ladies and gentlemen, of a guitar wank reality TV show. Yeah, you heard right. I'm not, I'm not pissing in your pocket. Seriously, a guitar wank reality TV show. So we will keep you in the loop because crazy as shit has happened, right? I mean... You know, Scott and Bruce were saying you don't want to see their ugly mug, but imagine turning on the telly and you're seeing all of us in a reality TV show. That would be nuts. But hey, you know what? We'll just we'll just see what happens. See where uh, where it all goes. It could be uh, it could be more than what we asked for. But anyway, uh, we will keep you in the loop on that. Of course, we've got the mugs, we've got the t-shirts at the guitarwank.com website. You can also get us on Facebook, on Twitter, and uh, obviously email us again. And uh, I think that's all I need to say. I can't think of anything else. Whatever you're doing uh, out there, please be safe. And we thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to Guitar Wank podcast with Bruce and Scott. Guys, what have we installed for the listeners this week? Guitar Wank, welcome, Guitar Wank Podcast. I have Scotty Henderson here, Mr. Bruce Foreman, number 30... Whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. I, this yeah. is this is our first live one since uh, the road show. Well, they're all live, but this is... But yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. current, contemporary, uh, properly... Yeah, the yeah. road show was great. Oh, you know what we got today? What? We got an invitation for another road show. Really? Yeah, in Texas. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. I don't know a lot of details, but the guy wrote a big email and he was like putting it out there and it's a guitar sanctuary. I don't know what that means. Guitars, that's where they like <laughs> release a bunch of guitars that are not wanted anymore. <laughs> just, or guitar players that are not wanted anymore. Which guitar like, there's a lot sanctuary. Of that's really a, two words I never heard together before. It just does sound interesting. I like it. I we'll like it. we'll I check it out. It's in Texas. Is it a religion just, thing? What is it a religious thing? I don't think so. Oh, okay, but it's in it's not far out of, out of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. But anyway, we're going to talk to them and find out what they were. They were pretty keen about it, and they okay. they liked the guitar roadshow and okay. guitar wank roadshow. So, Sir did that amazing video. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? I saw. Well, no, but I saw oh. that it was up there. I didn't look at it. Really cool. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. They did an awesome job, and they, I I said a big thank you to those guys great. and all our other sponsors. They were really great. I just got to say, just a super class, super class outfit. I don't know why they'd have Scott involved with them. <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> the company was young in those days. Yeah, right. They needed somebody. I got them in there. They were young and needed, they needed the money. Somebody. <laughs> <you know. Hey. laughs> 
No, they're, I, they're really great, and you know they really did wow, and all all the way around, it was just really great. I was I was thinking, would John Sir would be interested? Would he come on? Sure, of course he would. Because I think he'd be a really interesting guy. He to would sit be a down great guy. With, There's no with. more knowledgeable guy about amps and guitars than that. Would be really cool just to yeah. sit and just to hear his story. You yeah, know? he and he's got a great one. I mean, you know, coming from New York with Pinsa Sir, and yeah. he was with him for. A long time, and those guitars were pretty popular. And then he came out here, worked um, at Bradshaw. Yep. Uh, had his own shop at Bradshaw's, and he went. He was a master builder at Fender for a while. Wow. Before he started his own company and started his company from the very ground up. Like yep. he's one of those real self-made, Guys. successful people. You know. How old just, is John? I uh, he's around my age, like late fifties or yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, maybe sixty by now. I'm not sure. Oh, that'd be really but cool. That'd he's the nicest guy ever, too. You know, really nice guy to talk to. But yeah, we should have him on. I'd love that. That'd yeah. be really yeah. cool. Yeah. Can we talk about having Smitty on? Smitty, yeah, he wants to come on. Kenzie wants to come on. Kenzie, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. You know, I'm getting so many. It's it's great. We got some massive, so many emails. I'm trying to keep up with them, but a lot of questions. A lot of people from Russia. A guy wrote from Russia and Eastern Europe, and he said he's got like 10 guys he was speaking for and all these great questions that we're eventually going to get to. So big supporters, huge fans of Tribal Tech. Mm -hmm. And they were thanking you and the podcast for being introduced to Bruce. Great. And be like, ah, I wish we knew about Bruce years ago. And so they're buying your CDs. I've been trying to keep a secret. You know, I'm in witness protection. So that's cool. And Bruce has been witness protection up until like a couple of years well, ago. The, you know, the thing people. is, no, I went into witness protection. They said, what do you do? I said, I'm a jazz guitar player. So that's cool. You just keep doing that. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> and it's true. Uh, <laughs> guys, um, from a bunch of guys from Italy and Germany. At a bunch Germany, of oh, I, which I just got back. You were just back. there, right? I Tell us about that. Well, uh, I was in Bavaria, Lederhosen, and plenty of beer, Oktoberfest about to happen. It was right. great, man. Played, um, played a workshop for Stefan Sontag, the incredible guitar builder. Now, this is your red guitar. The guy who have, made right? my red guitar, and he's just stepped up his game even higher. He, he puts on a workshop, and I, I did it, and we was in this great place called Schloss Blumenthal out in the country, and it was just great. Are you doing ate. these workshops in German? Uh, no, they understand English. Okay, just checking. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, but I, I do a very good German impression, they say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I, it's, it's until I get to the Faulty Towers part, and then they don't like it anymore. <laughs> <you know? laughs> don't mention the war. Anyways, <laughs> but, um, but it was great. And then I played a bunch of uh, gigs. Afterwards, went out and played in uh, Cologne and Frankfurt and Augsburg. It was a lot of fun. And uh, Stefan's guitars are so amazing. I played. I just went over there with it and played one of his guitars. And it was just, he made this guitar. It was just so, so fantastic. In, in the style of what? Like it was L- kind of like an L five style right, okay. guitar. And uh, and uh, it's just really <laughs> just you know nice thick sweet. Saucy, mid-rangey, acoustic-y, beautiful, luscious, sexy thing. Yeah. And I uh, had a great time, and I, I just went ahead and did all my shtick. No one could understand me, so it was great. <laughs> so I could really be sexist without them knowing. And um, 
That was an old joke, folks. Anyways, <laughs> but I had a great time. Thank God. That guy and, has and I really loved that. it. And like, I had a couple of good rhythm sections to play with. And a really great guitar player over there named Wesley G. Wesley G. G. Yeah, it's not Kenny G, but Wesley G. And uh, he's, he's a real kind of George Benson style player. We wow. did a duo gig and we played a, like a kind of the two of us with a rhythm section. And he's best buds with Borelli Legrand. I don't know if you know who that is, no, but that no, guy no, yeah. is so amazing. And, and so he's got this George Benson side, but he's also got this sort of gypsy Django side to him. Wow. And uh, it was really a lot of fun playing with him. A question to you guys um, with the whole workshop thing, being different parts of the world. Do you find you're getting the same questions everywhere you go? Is it the, do you, are you delivering the kind of the same format or is it different everywhere you go? For me, I can't speak for Scott, but for me it's different just depending upon the, the kind of demographic and the age of the people that are taking right. the workshop. Like in this case, a lot of these people were older. It wasn't like students like MI students. Okay. So, you know, their naturally their interest was different. They had a lot more uh, awareness of standards and of the older players. So their uh, their interests and their questions were way different than something you'd get at, at an MI or USC. Right. It just varies. It depends varies. on the people who attend. Like, Do you, is there anything, Scott, for, what about for you? Is it? It's just what Bruce said. It, it, it really difference. depends. Just there is more of an interest in jazz in, in Europe. You yeah. know, if you're going to Europe or put it this way, if, you know, if, if I'm out at a clinic in some other country, the people are coming to that clinic because they know my work. Right. So, of course, they're going to ask questions that are more relative to what I do. So yep. it's not like t just going to somewhere in some city in the United States to a guitar center where you get a bunch of people who don't really know who you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, so it's different. It, you know, the, the questions are more, they're more advanced students. So, of course, they ask more advanced questions. Yeah, yeah. And they're into kind of into what I'm into. So you get a lot of questions about composition, a lot of questions about jazz improvisation and playing through changes. And it's not so basic, whereas some of the clinics here are like they start with really more simple, right? much more simple yeah. stuff. So basically, yeah. you guys are saying that uh, Europeans are just way more advanced. Well, it's not just Europe, but it's <laughs> Asian. Baiting. It's Asian and South American, or just anywhere you go where people know you and you're getting your fans at your clinic because yeah. they know what you do, so they're go going to learn from you. So of course, they're going to ask questions that are more, you know, pertaining to jazz and yeah. more more complex music. And that that leads me into another question to you guys: is we've had a few emails where they would love. If maybe you guys pick a tune off your albums and sort of break it down and we just talk about how you maybe composed it, how you approached it, the ideas of it and what you're doing through it. Maybe, do you think that would be a cool idea or not? I think down the road, sure, I'd be down to do that. I mean, it would, might take a long time. I, I, I wouldn't know how I composed what well, I did. Well, it just, say we pick a tune off your album, one of the, anything, and yeah. you just... We just talk about it and like, well, what were you think tone wise? Yeah, well, what, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Where went the real just idea? A bit. Came? Sure, yeah. that'd be, be more about a production thing for me because yeah. as far as when I composed it, who who the hell knows what I was thinking or smoking when I composed? But you don't you don't listen back to that tune and go, oh, I was feeling that that day. No, no, not at all, because when I write, I'm in the moment, right? And I'm using any one of a million different techniques of coming up with something 
you know, and who knows what it was. I don't remember. Well, yeah. I don't remember the next week, much right. less now. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so and you tend to let it go more, right? Like when you play stuff, you, you let it go and move on. Is that? Well, it, it depends. You know, there's so many different ways to approach writing a tune. If you're lucky and things are working, going good for you, you could write a tune in, in 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then you might, it may take a week or t- even two weeks yeah. to finish a tune, just depending on how many sections there are in it or how complex of a piece it is. It's, you know, it could go any way, good or bad. And a lot of times I just don't remember what I was thinking to come up with it. Like, you know, there's that idea of where you, where you just, roll tape and start playing yeah and then you go back and pick some decent ideas from all that shit you played over three hours and it could have been that or it could have been some melody just came into my head at a certain tempo and it happened that way but after you write so many tunes you don't tend to remember from tune to tune which which way it happened yeah you know like it just you just sort of you want to forget about it because right. it was a pain in the ass so it makes sense <laughs> yeah. is that the same for you bruce or is different? not necessarily mm-hmm. but yes i mean yes and no i mean right. ultimately there's a genesis for an idea whether it's whether it's a chord whether it's a melody whether it's a rhythm whether it's just a set of changes you want to play over you know somewhere deep at the bottom of it there was an idea that sparked the whole uh, gamut of what's yeah the whole on. yeah the whole yeah. chain of events that made yeah. the song happen. I'd agree with that too that that's where it is now yeah. whether you were thinking about something or it just like fell out of your hands because you were just screwing around maybe you put your hands in the wrong place and you heard a chord or you put two chords together you're not used to hearing and it mm-hmm. spoke to you or then then like Scott says sometimes and even I'm talking about complex tunes just fall out all at once right like they were waiting to be written and you just luckily got to that spot yeah you know so it's very different and and oftentimes i can remember maybe what the inspiration was if it was outside of music which is rare yeah usually i'm not thinking about some something i saw something i smelled something i tasted and that's you know that i were a person i want to evoke but there are there are people who i wrote songs for that you know, or particularly arrangements more than songs written. That like I was thinking about people, my heroes, you know, like Ahmad Jamal or Oscar Peterson Trio, or you know, things like Thelonious Monk. I'll write a tune that's really inspired by their genius and how much they meant to me. Yeah. Or Wes or Barney Kessel. I mean, I have a lot of those. A lot of times it's not even the tune, it's the arrangement. Sometimes it's the tune and the arrangement. So yeah, I could easily go over the tune and try and reconstruct where the inspiration came from. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know that I, I, you know, I wouldn't make Hollywood happy by saying I was thinking about some lilac bush with a (laughs) blonde underneath it, you know. (laughs) You know, with her Australian boyfriend or anything, you know. That's funny because I bought Sarah lilacs. Oh, okay. <laughs> see, you see, I'm channeling that. See? Anyways. Wow, we are connected. That's I would a- have a hard time remembering anything. All I right, mean, well... Yeah, it would just be just like I'd listen to the tune, but if you asked me, like, what's going on, I'd have to transcribe it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of Yeah, cool. I'd have to I like transcribe that. it because I, I would know no more <laughs> than somebody who just heard the tune for the first time. And... Do- do you get it when you guys listen back to recordings that you've done? Do sometimes you you think well, you have to remind yourself that that's you? Like, do you ever have that feeling where you listen to stuff and go, "Oh, that's pretty cool," or "or pretty bad," or whatever? But you're like, oh "My God, I did that." That's 
Yeah, I, I dig in that. I wish I thought that. I more. wish I thought that too. <laughs> usually I'm more you suicidal. You guys, I should have known that. Usually more answer. critical. Usually right, I'm more suicidal than that. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but actually I have listened to some of my early records that I haven't heard in 25 years or 30 years and been kind of surprised that I could play that well. <laughs> I listen to old records sometimes and I'm mo the most disappointed in the production and the tones. Right. You know, because I've improved that so part much. of my thing right probably more than my playing you know the production values have come up and i feel like the tones are better and the production is better and sometimes when i listen to the old records they just don't sound good to me because the i don't like the guitar tone so i can't listen to it yeah, yeah. you know regardless of if i played good or not yeah. i still can't listen to it because the, the guitar tone doesn't it sounds me, dated Cringe. What now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like fingernails on blackboard, you know, when I hear the guitar <laughs> I get, tone. I get that. I can hear the yeah. guitar tones that I hear now, and I'm like, ah, oh, there's no way I'd ever go for that. Yeah. Like, I'm not a fan of, um, not Rhodes, like, uh, like there's a piano sound that they had all throughout the 80s and 90s, and it's just so cheesy when I hear it now. Just mm -hmm. As soon as I hear that, it just sounds dated as shit. Guy asked me about my message on my message board just the other day. He was talking about music sounding dated. He was asking about the tribal tech version of Rituals, which is actually one of the best songs I've ever written. Right. It's a really good song, but unfortunately, when tribal tech recorded it, it was really recorded badly. Like my tone sucked, the the drum sound sucked, um, the no, not the drum sound. Actually, the drum sounds good. The keyboard sound sucked. Right, and um. And the way we approached the performance of the tune was very stiff mm -hmm. and very, it was almost like we were trying to be Journey or something. It was just <laughs> really, really dated and bad. Yeah. Right? So I redid the tune on my album, Well to the Bone, which is, which is the album before my last one. Yeah. Yep. And we played the shit out of it. And we did it all, guitar trio, and the tones are totally really nice right. and, and the way we approached it, it's way looser and more vibey and i love the way it turned out oh that's so awesome. i sort of made it up for the the, the horrible way we recorded it with because you knew tech. it was a great song and just, i knew it was it, a great song and i recording. have two or three songs that i would lo also love to redo because i know that they were just recorded so poorly but they're really good, good songs, songs, and yeah. I'd like to redo them, and maybe I will yeah. re redo those. Yeah, at some point, sure, sure. like maybe on an out, you know, one an album for yeah. you know, like pick a song on for the next albums I do. Pick one song that I know it sucked, and do it again the right way. Yeah, <laughs> so that's yeah. cool. Do you have yeah. tunes like that, Bruce? Oh or? yeah, and I'm, I'm doing them now, and I still need to redo them again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna like my next album's gonna have like a bunch of tunes off Vibe Station yeah. redone again. <laughs> Better. Vibe Station too. <laughs> oh man. But since um uh, can I ask say one no, more No, that's it. It was that's a funny thing no, that done. the guy said, You're so critical of yourself. He he answered me, he said, why are you you're you know, you you're sounding like Alan Holsworth. You're so critical and I'm going, dude, how many musicians do you think really love the music they did 20 years ago? I mean, if you're not growing, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, right now I think Vibe Station's a good record. Ask me in 20 years, I might not think so. You know, it's just, I, I think when you grow and you listen to stuff you've done before, 
And I don't know too many musicians that are happy with music they did 20 years ago. There's always, they know that they've improved True. as a player, they've yeah. improved their tones. They're going to listen to that music they did 20 years and go, yeah, the, 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 the intent is there. And, and, and you might feel good about the vibe of it, or you might feel good about the way you know that it came out. But you're always probably going, if I did that now, today, I could do it better. Right. So yeah. that's where that comes from. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Not being really ridiculously critical. It's just being a growing musician, a growing yeah. person. That's all. Well, since the well, musician... and a perfection. I mean, not a perfection. is <clears throat> a bad word. I hate that word. But, I mean, just you're striving for well beyond what you can do. That's what drives you to play. It's what drives yeah. you to create. And, and that's just who we are. And so you meet a guy who's kind of happy with what he does and I, I'm, I'm very skeptical of that you, you know, know this makes me feel really good because I don't know how many gigs I've walked off and I've just been so fucking mad or upset with myself where I wanted to quit and that's that's me and every I'm glad, gig I'm glad that I, I hear I mean, that matter of fact I'm going to stop working and I'm just going to be Scott's shrink after the gig <laughs> I thought after the road show I was going to have to like Put him on the couch. <laughs> he was. A, I had to get him, keep him away from sharp instruments. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, I had to talk him down off the ledge. Well, you know, it was like... Uh, now, you hated that gig, didn't you? I did, yeah. And, and you it sounded great, but you it, promised it you were going to on stage you were having the, the drum you riser and all that you bullshit. You talk there's, about there's a, There is a thing about that stage. Yeah. And there are ways to fix it, but we couldn't fix it that day because because we needed to make space for bruce to play before us fucking bruce you so know. bruce ruined it for us so no normally wait what a we minute would do, I, wait, how did i ruin this again, normally man. what we would do <laughs> is, and normally what we well, other would than do my is, playing um, <laughs> now normally what we would do is alan would bring his own drum set and right. he would set it up right. Oh, that wasn't in, his kit. No. Oh, okay. And he right. would so so Alan would, was lazy because of me. That's my fault. No, yeah. he, <laughs> Alan would normally set up, you know, right in the middle of the stage on the floor. Yeah. And and I asked Travis, and I said, uh, actually, I didn't ask Travis. Travis <laughs> came over to me, and he was going, "Dude, I couldn't lock in, even on black market." And he's going, "I'm I'm trying to just play this simple line." Dun, 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 dun. And he couldn't lock in with the drums because what we were hearing from the drums was all wash. Right. No clarity, no crispness from the drums. It was all just a, a big, muddy wash. And I believe that's because of the riser. Yeah. Muddy and wash, so, that's my um, stage name. Muddy wash. Yeah, <laughs> great. So, yeah, it's, 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 so we had a difficult time. Um, when, I, when I feel like I'm playing all by myself out there with no time to support me, I really don't play well. I don't, I'm not. I'm not having fun playing because I'm always trying to feel the, the yeah. where the where where it is. And Alan was playing really. He was actually playing more simple than he usually does because he knew he had to because yeah. of that drum yeah. riser in that stage. Yeah. You know. So we had a night that you guys heard at the baked potato, yeah. which is like a completely opposite night. story where everything is crisp and dry and you can hear and everybody feels comfortable. And you, you, so. you had a good time that night. Yeah, right? I had fun that night. That was and a good I, night. And I don't know if I played good or not, but I had fun Yeah, because yeah. everything sounded good. And I, had a, I had a fun time. I always have fun when the music sounds good. Yeah, totally. And, and, yeah, so, yeah. And, the, and then you played um, the next night. At Alva's, and that Alva's. was great, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind That's of cool. figured out a way to make that room sound a little better, too, because they have put up a lot of acoustic panels. 
And they're those kind oh, of real right. yep. big acoustic panels that you can just roll away. Mm -hmm. So we just rolled them away. And just got rid of them. Oh, yeah. yeah. It made the, all the difference in the world. Because last time we played there, it was too dry. Right. And it was so dry that the drums just sounded like little toys. Yeah. And, and now, w without those back risers, everything sounded great. Yeah. Not too dead, not too live, just perfect. Yeah. And what a wonderful sounding room to play in. Yeah, so we had a great gig there too. It was fun. I, that's cool. And yeah. you've done well. Besides, you've Germany, played at Albus, you, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you've, you've done a bunch of gigs since then too. Like you've been playing all over. Like you, you guys are constantly playing. Yeah, that's what well, I do. Well, Bruce more than me. I'm yeah. I'm constantly playing when I'm on the road. Well, it's Bruce is playing. You, that's because I'm so cheap. <laughs> I'm the best guitar player in my price range. Just remember that. <laughs> you guys are completely different spectrums. When you, um, it's it's interesting. Not only are you guys personality-wise completely opposite ends and really different, and your playing is really really different, but also how you guys play. Like Bruce, you are the cowboy guitar player. Anywhere, anytime, any guitar, any situation. Yeah. Just fucking all the time. Yeah. And Scott, you like to be. You really like to dial everything in and organize it and make sure you like to control it a lot, way more, right? Well, it's not that. It, what it really is, it's just about finding a room where you can play with a real drummer, not yeah. a jazz drummer. Right. You know, when you, when you get away from jazz drums, because it's all about the drums, when you get away from jazz drums and you're playing with a drummer like Alan, who's, in my mind, a very medium volume drummer he's not right. a loud drummer at all but he's not a jazz drummer right so that rules out about 50 clubs in la we could play in because it's too loud mm -hmm. you know and and i i don't think my music would sound good with a little jazz drum kit and me playing through my fender deluxe and and pl travis playing it, it just wouldn't sound good we need a little bit of volume to just to do our thing because yeah. we're more of a, a rock jazz band right so there are very few clubs that we can play and that's all it is yeah. it's not about me wanting to control everything but it's about i mean more so that like as in guitar players like you you don't probably go out and play in different situations as much as bruce you no, like to do your own thing but i would right. if people ask me Oh, you that could have opened up a door. Oh man, to I opened the door. You, no, your I phone's would. ringing now. You know, I've always been really open to doing standards gigs. Yeah, any kind of standards gig because I can read in the real book. No, yeah. no problem. You know, I can yep. play any tune. I don't know, maybe not be able to read the melody, but I can read through the chords and play. And if someone asks me, "Hey, we're going to do this gig, and we got a saxophone player and a bass player and a drummer, and we're going to just play standards," would you like to play? I'd go sure. Oh, cool. I'd be there. Yeah. I'd bring my deluxe and, and I would play. Yeah. But I, nobody asked me. Fuckers. <laughs> so I don't know why. Because I'm cheaper. <laughs> well, that was like Albert Lee when he sat mm -hmm. here. And he was like, you know, when I come off from the road, I get a little bored. I like to go out and play with people. No one asked me. Well, cause... you know why no one asked? I'll tell you another thing. No one does those kind of gigs. Yeah. I'll tell you the kind of gigs that people ask me to do. They call me up and they say, hey, Scott, we, we got this gig. Pays a hundred bucks. You only have to learn like 15 tunes. <laughs> and I'm like, no, sorry, you called the wrong guy. Right. I refuse to learn anybody's music. I yeah. just won't. You know, that's, that's well, yeah, I just won't do it. Not for 100 bucks. No, n no, not even for a tour, I probably wouldn't do it. But I just don't want to learn anybody else's music. I just right. don't. I'm right. not a side man, well, you know. Okay, well, so, all right, let me, let me play devil's advocate. Standards is different. Let me play devil's advocate. 
Beyonce calls and says, "Hey, well, that's I wanna, different." I want to so say, "Beyonce, I want, I want you to go." I, I, I'd be, I, I would be jumping at the bit, man. I would go in a minute. I love you. I would awesome. yeah, totally do it. Yeah, man, because I'm a fan. You know? Right. So yeah, I'd love to play in a game. But if like say if you weren't a fan and they offered you. I mean, what is? Tell me, guys. No. What is really good money for a side guy? Like, what would what would make you guys go? All right, I'm just gonna fucking suck this up because the money's ten really grand, good. Ten grand a ten week. Ten grand a week. Yeah, sure. Yep, that's fair. Ten grand a week is Bru- is good. Yeah, Bruce. I don't think I do it for less. I mean, it's your I, I, I wouldn't pay ten grand to take. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't. No. God. I'd only give him about three grand. Yeah. No, ten grand is <laughs> would be good. That's yeah. where that, a lot that would of the be fine. Gigs. That would be fine, Brett. I'd accept that for most yeah. gigs. Yeah, right. I'd but there are going to be gigs that, that I wouldn't take for for 50 grand because I know I'm going to hate it and get fired. The, 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 <laughs> right. the, the week. I can't act. Yeah. You yeah. know, you want me to be an actor, that's going to cost you 50 grand. <laughs> you know, if you want me to come on because I like the music and, and I'll do it for 10. Yeah. But because I like the music. Yeah. And there are lo- certain pop acts that I really like and probably would enjoy. I'd love doing the Steely Dan gig. I'd like to do Beyonce would be fun. You know, there, there are certain things that I like, but, you know, I don't want to mention any names, but I will. How about, <laughs> how about Eros, the, the Italian singer? You know, that guy. You know, geez. You know, because I know people that have done the gig. Right. And, you know, it's a hard gig, man. It's like, it's like dark. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I, when I heard the stories I heard, I think I'd do that for about a week and kick the guy's ass and then, and then I'd get fired. It's it's amazing. That's when, a good way to lose a game. That's yeah, a great it's way usually to lose a, good. But it's amazing when you you know players. I know I've got friends too who have been out on major tours, and you think, wow, man, that's such a great gig, and blah blah. blah. But then you hear the backstory on how horrible it is. Yeah. And you know what? As much as it is fun being on stage and you're enjoying the music, blah blah. blah but it's all that other time traveling and dealing with all the other shit. If it's mm-hmm. a nightmare, then yeah. It's it's too hard. It's really a head trip if you're not if you're having a horrible time out there. You know, maybe you got bad personalities in the band, or mm-hmm. you know, that's not cool. But yeah, well, for me, that's how the Chickaria gig was, and that's supposed to be a jazz gig. That's a gig I should have enjoyed. Yeah, but I did. Were you, were you enjoying it. the music? No. Okay. I didn't like the music. Yeah. And and uh, then yeah, that just. That, went to shit. That's a gig I expected to like, and actually turned out turned out hating it. Did you, did you walk away from that just feeling a little like bitter about it, or just like oh, more really ex- well, or disappointed? Yeah, both. Yeah, really disappointed, uh, and really glad it's over. Yeah, both at the same time. Yeah, yeah. because because in a better circumstance. If he was had been playing like say the music that he was doing on on him of the seventh galaxy, I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, yeah. or on light as a feather. I would have enjoyed it very much. You know? But he wasn't playing that kind of music. He was playing that kind of awful pop shit that he writes sometimes and I don't like it. Yeah. So yeah. I I didn't enjoy the music and, and uh and I wanted to tell him from the very beginning that I was like I, the way it happened is he brought me this beautiful tune called S- Silver Temple. Beautiful, great song. And wanted me to play it on his record. And I was thrilled. And I was going, what a great piece of music that I get to play on. Then he brought me this other tune called King Cockroach. And it was a little, it was a okay tune, but kind of 
poppy and kind of getting to be on the wave side of things. Right. You know what I mean? And I thought, well, it's not that bad. It's got a few cool changes here and there. And so I played on that. Then when I went to rehearsal, when I got the music for the when he asked me to do the live gig, I got the rest of the music that we were going to play live. And when I listened to it, I was like, oh, wow. This is like... <laughs> this is not cool. No, this is like way worse than... Yeah than any of the other, those two other tunes. And so I was already disappointed from wow. the beginning. I was going in there learning a bunch of music that I didn't really like at all. So, so that, was, that was hard, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and, that's, and this is coming from a big cha- fan of Chick Corea's composing because yeah. he's composed some really beautiful tunes. I mean, he's a really great writer, but not on this yeah. and not on anything else. Uh, since then, in my opinion, I yeah. mean, just every, everything he writes for the electric band, just to me is not, not. He just, to me, just doesn't know how to write that kind of music. You know, like like it's it's pop jazz, and I just don't think he's very good at it. Yeah, but, it's the Scientology but, but coming yeah, through. I don't I don't know what it is, but <laughs> but I really liked the music on <clears throat> Hymn of the Seventh Galaxy with Bill Connors, mm-hmm. and I and I also liked some of the music in Return to Forever with Al Demiola. He wrote some really nice tunes for that band. And I was like all this time going, where's that guy? Right. Where's that composer? So uh, I always felt like he was, ever since the electric band, he's always been just trying to be commercial. Mm-hmm. And it just sticks out as a guy trying to be commercial. And yeah. I feel it inside. It, it, it reeks of that. So I didn't. There is couldn't, nothing worse when that's coming Couldn't through. dig it, man. Because it's so obvious. And then you put the personality disorders in there with the Scientology and all that stuff. And then, yeah, I, I didn't hang. I, t- <laughs> I think, I think, we, need get, I think we need to get, need to get yeah. Chick on the show. We have to get yeah. Chick on the show. Yeah, well, he... I think we've crossed the threshold. He needs to defend himself. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's become a big thing with Guitar Week. And I don't know how many comments I've seen on Facebook now and how many emails I get. It's like, can you guys please talk about Alan Holtzberg? <laughs> no, really? It's becoming. We a talk thing. about. I him think more we need to anybody. get a T-shirt. Can you guys please talk about Alan? You know, we've got to call Alan, and you're going to call him. He's and not going to answer the did. phone. No, we already, yeah, I already no, tried to call him once. I think you need to get in touch with Alan and just get him to record him to say, "Stop fucking asking to talk about me." <laughs> I get to get him to say that, or we get him on the couch. Well, yeah. And he loves beer, right? He really loves, he loves his beer. beer. Let's get him I, in to talk I, well, about you know, beer. He lives pretty far away. That's the thing. He doesn't live here. He lives down closer to San Diego. Oh, but he's in California. Hard. Yeah, but it'd be pretty oh. hard to get him up here. We'll to, go to him. To, we'll go to him. You know. We'll, we'll go to yeah. Alan. Yeah, but set it up. Let's is, make it happen. Is, Alan which one beef. is the sweet one? <laughs> um, I think the sweet one's like uh, over on the shelf. Oh, uh, it might be over there. I'll, I'll have to find. Well, it. Yeah, he needs some it. dessert liquor. Yeah. Dessert, like yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, I, mean, Alan I, you know, I should, I really should, thing. I really should continue about Chick to, 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 <laughs> I, think, to I think you've beaten him up. No, enough. no, I really, I really just, I say these things because I have so much respect for the guy, and when he's really, really trying to, you know, like really do his thing, which is amazing. Which you know, he's one of the best jazz piano players in the in the world, yeah, and one of the best composers too of that kind of music and he's just such a gifted guy I can't stand to see those kind of guys do less than they can do on purpose it bugs me you know but that's all it is because I have so much respect for him because I think he's brilliant 
you know so that's that's just that's just that yeah chick you know. if you're listening mate you need to fucking get back to the old chick have you had a gig like that bruce where you've been like a a, a side guy on a tour for a long period of time or yeah sure sure it, but i mean you know i mean when it went south i pretty much bailed pretty fast on those gigs that i didn't you know that it wasn't working out i uh, i didn't hang on you know i, right. I got out because because i just it's, in, it's kind of an integrity thing i don't want to play you know i don't want to put bad energy and not be you know 100 percent there yeah for the music for the people you know even though I need the money, it's still, I've always tried to hold that. You know, that's why I'm in such pitiful shape right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a weird thing for me being on the road with, with Chick is that Wayne opened up for us. Wayne Shorter? Yeah. And Wayne wow. had a great band. And Willis was playing with him and, yeah. and Mitch Foreman and Tom Brecklin. Who was that? Uh, guitar? Tom, Tom Brecklin was a drummer. drummer and, and the keyboard Mitch player, Mitch Foreman. He didn't have a guitarist? No, no, okay. no, and and um, and Willis was playing bass, and they were playing the music off Atlantis, and that's one of my very favorite Wayne Shorter albums oh, as yeah. far as writing. Right. It's a beautiful compositional album, and what was really cool about it is one of the things I don't like about the record. It is such a composition record that there's very little improvisation on it. Right, you know, it's a really co composed kind of thing, which is beautiful. But what was great about seeing them do that music live is that they opened it up. And they played those beautiful tunes, and then Wayne soloed and played his ass off, and lots of great keyboard solos by Mitch, and Wayne just was playing his ass off, and that's so much the music I loved. Mm -hmm. And I watched that right before I went on stage with Chick playing that kind of poppy crap, and that was even another just ah uh, because <laughs> I just heard my favorite music played. And you know, you and get... one of my favorite bands that I really, really enjoyed that band a lot. Yeah. Is that as as time went on, they just got better and better, and and the music really grew, and they it opened up, and it was just amazing to see one of my favorite albums open up into this whole other improvised thing, and it was wonderful. And but then, if only I didn't have to play after it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I can, yeah, I playing music that. that I really didn't like at After, all. After, yeah. Yeah, so that was another factor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So anyway. Can I have something to drink? No. <laughs> Lull. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, it's got really bad. It, seems like, it seems like the screen has stopped moving. Are you still recording? Oh, no, we're still recording. Numbers are, numbers are going. It's just, you know, I just got to move it oh, like okay. that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You know. Okay. But... Right. um. Yeah, you guys are always talking about it's either Wayne Shorter or Charlie uh, Charlie Parker. Those uh, I think those are our we two haven't mentioned Bird man. for weeks. That's true. We just listened to him in the car on yeah. the way here. We haven't, have we? Oh, you guys talked about it on the car without. Well, we were listening to yeah, a, it was we listening to Oh Provo on on uh, on yeah. on my on my iPod or I, I iPhone. Oh, we've got the stuff that says honey on it. That's what he wants. This, uh, this one. This one's from Dexter. Actually, I'm going to give my... Dexter Gordon? No, Troy Dexter. One of a, a great friend of mine. You know yeah. Troy Dexter? Yeah, I heard his CD I, came out. His yeah. CD came out. And he gave me a couple. And um, if you're out there, this guy's uber talented. He, he pisses me off. He's that What's talented. he play? Well, in, kind of music in, in Wilson it? Phillips, he plays badass keyboards. Uh-huh. Right? And he's just a great, great 
piano player, mm-hmm. keyboards. But what then kind of plays, guitar does he play? He, then he plays guitar as well. Is it rock or jazz? I or? haven't listened to the album because he just gave it to me oh. tonight. So I'm dying to listen to well, it. There's a Les Paul on the front. so it might Les be, Paul. And he shot the rock. album cover here oh, in, the, in a, the room. That's a badass looking guitar. And... Um, He's a super talented guy and a, a beautiful soul. And Thank you, him Troy. and his family are so badass. Cool. And um, yeah, so I thought I'd give him a plug because Wankopedia, we haven't done Wankopedia yeah, forever. We kind of gave Wankopedia up. Yeah. Well, well, we should continue. Is this the stuff? That's yeah. not the sweet stuff, but it's good. It's good. Mm, okay. That's We haven't got any more sweet stuff. All right, that's all but right. But yeah, go to TroyDexterMusic.com. And you can get one of your CD. The guy's a, a great player, and um, I'm really excited to listen to it. But Dexter, thank you, mate, for those CDs. Really yeah. super. The album looks amazing. That Les Paul is a beautiful Les Paul. Beautiful. There you go. Dexter should give me half the sales. That half the sale. <laughs> half the sale. He he said to me tonight. He said. CD baby called and said, you've sold out. Send us another five. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when they do that. They go, give me, send us two. You know, it's like, no, <laughs> no, 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 I'll send you four. What's, what's up with that? It's just, you know, the, it's, the algor- it's the algorithm they set up. You they know, don't want to. St- well, yeah, they don't want to store shit. But, oh, you know, right, okay. but then they'll, 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 they'll call you a week later and want 22. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, you just want a four, you know. I'd be happy. It's like, oh, sold out. Send us another five. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, mate. Yeah. So, um, what else has been happening, guys? Well, I got a tour coming up, a what? big one. A Another one. one? Yeah, this is a good when? one. Leaving October 3rd. To we go, go where? To Korea for two days. Oh. And then go to China for North about... Korea? <laughs> <laughs> no, Seoul. Can you. For can you... two days and have delicious Korean barbecue and play a, a good gig. Right. And then we go to China for five gigs. China. And then we go to from China to India. We play a couple of gigs in India. Then we go to Europe for about two weeks, and then we go to Russia for about a week. Wow, where about Moscow? Um, Moscow and two other cities. Yeah. And then I come home back to L.A. and I'm home for about five days and go to Central America and play in uh, Costa Rica, Honduras, El Salvador, Panama. Some, so, so yeah, I'm going to see a lot of, lot of, lot of territory pretty Dude, soon. Dude, you're going to see all the fun yeah. places. Hope it's going to. I think it's going to. I be, haven't done China. It's going to be fun. I've China never been be, there either. You haven't been there. I've been to Hong Kong, but never to yeah. China. Oh man, that, that's going to be so. Killer. I think it's going to be really fun. But you got to make sure you wear a guitar wank t-shirt. He won't do that. He won't do it. He doesn't even drink from a guitar wank mug. <laughs> he doesn't even wear. Do you? Will you use a guitar wank pick? Mm-mm. <laughs> Especially not we're fuck getting, those things. Nice to know, you know, he supports us. He's, he's right there with he us. He just cashes the checks. That's right? All. He cashes those big checks. Those huge checks that come Should up. we get you a cap? Would you wear a cap? On a windy, super windy gig where, where it's going to bother me with my hair blowing all over the place, I would. I do wear what caps about, on gigs. Can I throw some guitar wank stickers on your road gear? Yeah. All right. There we go. Sure. See? We met halfway. That'll, that'll work. <laughs> But I had Travis. Can we get Travis to support some guitar wank stickers on his stuff? <laughs> Those guys, all you guys that played mm. at the roadshow, such great musicians you guys play with. And it, yeah, sounded, it, it all a, sounded that was, amazing. It was a fun show, I thought. I, I really enjoyed it. I and the turnout was amazing. Yeah. What a great turnout. Right. So, I think we should be traveling with that. Really nice of the guys at MI to let us do that yes. because they broke a lot of rules there for, you know, they actually. 
you know, wanted all the teachers to let the students out of their classes so they could come and see it and stuff. Yeah. And they don't usually do that. And that was really nice of nice of them to to break Beth protocol and Stig, for right? us. Is that right? Yeah. Stig, Matheson, Stig yeah. and Donnie really. I mean, they just they just really built they really it made us welcome. To make it and they help, gave us use of the hall, and it was yeah. really great. And I believe it also was very educational for the kids. They got to hear two different bands play entirely, guitar centric trios, and. They got to hear, you know, they got to ask us questions, and it was... It and was there was a, a lot of outside people that turned up, which was Yes, great. there were yeah. numerous outside people. It was fun. It was, it was Kerry Wright came, you know, the yep. guy who builds the speaker cabinets. He yep. really enjoyed it. Oh, was it. Kerry there? Yeah, he was there. Did I? Yeah. I, I should I'm, have introduced you to him, man. I, I didn't even think about it. Have to make um, Yeah, he's time. a great guy. Man. Yep. Super nice guy. And what an amazing builder he is of, you know, guitar cabinets. Where's he located? He's in Fullerton. Fullerton. Okay, mm-hmm. he's down with Fender, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. They're not there anymore, are they? Fullerton's not there. It's I'm not sure. Fender moved out to Oh, Fender's Corona. in Corona, right? Fender's yeah. in Corona now. Yeah, right, right near And that's just the guitar part. I don't know where the amps are mm-hmm. built. Yeah, Corona and Lime. I mean, of course, there. someone will yeah. correct me because, oh, I was also heavily corrected when I said San Luis Obispo on the last one. Oh, week. yes, you were. Dude, get that right. It's San Luis Obispo. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I've been calling it that my whole life, and I didn't realize... Which, of course, if you were really Spanish, it would be San Luis Obispo. But <laughs> anyways, this guy's from there, and it's San Luis Obispo. And like Louis Armstrong, I will, I will forever have learned my lesson. <laughs> and I didn't, mean any, I didn't mean any offense by it, I promise. Ah, fuck because, off. You well, did, no, you I know, did. I love that national guitar. I just, I, I, okay, I, I taught seven hours of lessons today. I just got to say this. I taught seven, seven hours, hours of lessons. Seven hours? What did you learn? No, I didn't learn anything. I learned that I shouldn't do seven hours. But um, when I got back to the pad, this is what kind of nut I am. What did I do? I pulled that that resonator guitar out and played for an hour. Really? That's what I. That's that shows how sick I am, right? I played my guitar for seven hours with students and worked on shit. And what did I do when I had an hour off? I pulled out that guitar from San Luis Obispo. And played it. And boy, it sounds so good, man. So does my other guitar. It's just different, you know. Okay, Lol, come on. Ask well, me. What do you, it looks like Troy's well, you know, looking for questions. I know. Well, he, well, we have, he just wants me to shut up about this. No, part. no. I, I love all that. And when, when are you going to... We actually, we should mention, we're going to do... I'm, I'm putting this together, folks. I'm going to put together a night here at Prohibition Studios. We're, we're going to stream and get Bruce in with his... Because we can't have Scott because you're too fucking loud. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we can't but, do Scott. His, his equipment would fill up his whole room. It would. Uh, <laughs> but the and resonator... I'm just, and I'm just talking about what's in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I've had a nice compliment like that for a long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Much less his Marshall. He's got a Marshall stack on the left side over there. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to have the resonator guitar. I don't res, know. Res, well, res. I, I'm going to have to check it out and see how the singer responds to it. But yeah, it's going to oh, be. Oh, but an I was thinking your trio. Oh, my resonator trio. We could do it. We could sure. do it in here. Oh yeah. And we're still going to do the red guitar. And we might stream this live. And yeah. And and set all that up. But we're going to do a bunch of stuff like that, and that'd be really cool. And also dig this, guys. And I need and I need your help, Troy, for this because I'm such a lamo with technology. But, right. Uh. I realize I've been sitting here pontificating for over half a year on this couch, telling people about you got to create community, 
and you know, and you got to go out and make shit happen. We all need to play, and we all need to support each. You know, I'm really, I've been like challenging everybody to make that happen in their life, and I realize that um, even though I'm an old guy and I've done it all my life, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put my money where my ears are here, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start a scene like that. What I'm going to do is it, there's a club in town here and everybody doesn't hang, you know, this town is notoriously early. I don't know what, what it's like in your town out who's listening to us, but L.A. has become like 11 o'clock. It just shuts down. Everybody leaves. That's horrible. The, that's it. And, um, and I'm going to start an after, after hours now, not meaning 2 o'clock, but after hours meaning 11. <laughs> I'm going to start like an after hours community hang at this club. I will announce it soon, and I, it will be a pop-up thing. So I, I need to have everybody be on my Twitter and Facebook page mm-hmm. so that they get the information, because I may decide that afternoon that I'm doing it. I'll do it with maybe a band, maybe just me solo. I'm going to have people sit in. I'm going to have people interviewed. I'm gonna, we're all going to do comedy. We're just going to make a community hang where we can be together, where everybody after their gigs can come over insomniacs can come and just people that really want to be part of a community because I'm starting a cult I love I it I want to be part of a cult oh, I, really I am cool. starting a cult and we have three major tenets in our cult what's that community spontaneity and fun how Sounds about nudity nudity <laughs> that's, that, that fits in there that's not against any rules but I'm not going to make you do it okay Cause That's like optional. Yeah, but yeah, because let's face it, I'm I'm that stripper where they they start throwing money and yell, "Put it on, <laughs> put it on." <laughs> I'd get money just to put my clothes back on. You know what I mean? Well, nobody I'd, wants to see me naked. Well, I'd, I'd pay not to say that to you, but anyway, that sounds awesome. And I will be announcing it as soon as we get the Twitter handled together and everything. I don't want to make a false alarm, but I do want to say that here I am telling y'all you ought to be doing this shit. Now I'm going to do it too. So now you got no excuse for do- not doing it in your and town. What we'll do, we'll tie this all into obviously the guitar wank and that, and we'll make it, we'll start building something. And we'll have Scott, maybe we could even do a live podcast there. Why where, not? Where what? We could do a live after hours <laughs> podcast too. I mean, yeah, we sure. just do it. We'll I mean, I've got the stage. The guy gave me the club. The bar is open. Oh, it's a free Boom. open bar? Not free. Oh. But it's an open bar. I mean, you can get drinks. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> Tell you, you lead us on with all these free open bars. It's no open bar. I didn't say free liquor. <laughs> he said open bar. I mean, what else does You that did mean? say open bar. <laughs> I didn't say free I liquor. I mean, really, you said you put your money where your mouth is. Open bar. I, I said mean... I put my money where my ears are. <laughs> God damn it. No, I'm not coming. Okay. Okay. It's never going to get off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I think it's a great Sounds idea, good, Bruce. And I'm, no, I'm going I'm to. I'm going yeah. to. I'm going to do it because I'm tired of talking about it, and no one else is doing it, so I'll do it. Yeah. What the hell? Another thing, you know, I have no time to do anything, so I might as well do that. <laughs> Give me your tired, your 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 insomniacs, your misfits, your sociopaths, <laughs> your lonely, your butt ugly. I'll take them all. <laughs> You know what? I think you should have put a challenge out there to Ingve Malmsteen to do the same thing. 
And so is that pig Latin for something? Ingve Malmsteen. <laughs> I had a guy, I, I got it here, I had a guy write, write to us and he uh. said, Ingve lives down the road from him in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. He sees him in the supermarket. So what would Ingve be in, uh, in pig Latin? Come on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Ving. I love it's Ing- Ving. Ingve's. Ving, he's, he's Chinese, he's really. the Elvis of... Uh, Ving. I got, hey, Ving. I got him so many questions here. Short for even... Irving, he's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to just start... Irving Malmsteen. With... <laughs> Ingve, right. you know? To, to catch up Irving, on the questions here, if, great, I don't, if I don't moderate this and keep you guys going, mm. we're going to get stuck on two or three, and that'll be the whole show. Well, so we're going to okay. keep it quick. Okay. It's okay. okay. We need to put some shit in the bank because Scott's yeah. leaving town for a while. All right. Well, but still, we've got a shitload to get through. First quick question from Frankie. Uh, can Scott talk about how that wonderful song, particularly the beautiful riff and melody, came out of him? What's Which song? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, let's face it, as far as I know, it's not on a record I've heard. <laughs> That's what he wrote. Can, yeah. Scott, can Scott talk about how that wonderful song... Have you got a song called Wonderful Song? I don't think so. <laughs> is it in the subject? <laughs> no. no. Exotic Dance. Sorry, it is. Uh, okay. Oh. okay. Exotic so how dance. did you miss that? That beautiful riff and melody came out of him. How did it come out of you, Scott? That well, you know, we're back to what we were talking about before. I have to honestly say, I have no fucking idea. You now, you did you write it exotic, like exotic pedals? Was it I wrote exotic it exotic dancer? because I used an RC booster on most Your of pedal, the tune. Right? Yeah. Did and, that inspire and, that song? A no, little no, bit? no. That was okay. just I just you know I, I never write uh, name songs before I write them. I, I write them and then I listen to them for a while and I just think, what does this remind me of? And I thought of Church of Exotic. Dance isn't that the name of it? Church of Exotic Dance. Yeah, and I thought it was a cool name because you know church implies people that don't like exotic dance. <laughs> and then I thought, okay, Church of Exotic Dance, which if I was going to worship, that's the place I would go to worship is a strip club, <laughs> because that's the kind of person I am. So, <laughs> and I they call me sexist. Yeah. So. This is Bruce Foreman talking. That was so if I was going Scott. anywhere to worship, that's the first place I would go is to a strip club. All right. Well, you so, come up. Yeah, it's a beautiful song go. and a beautiful melody. Beautiful. But I, thank you, but I honestly don't know how to answer that because I wrote the song a long time ago and I just don't remember oh, what process I went through to, to write it. A long time ago? Like, like a year ago or two oh, years okay, ago, okay. two years ago now. And can't really remember what the hell I was thinking when I wrote it. And, um, and Frankie also, he's from Dublin, Ireland, and he heard Scott loves Star Trek. Are you a Trekkie? I am a big Star Trek really? fan, yeah. Have you seen the, the, the documentary Spock? Yes. Okay. I've seen everything just about when it comes to Star Trek. So there you go. Yeah. You've seen and, uh, it. I just saw Beyond, you know, I wanted to see it again, but I honestly don't think it's as good as the first two, but I still really like the new cast and was just really sad about Anton dying in the horrible accident. And they said oh, at the at the end yeah. of the movie, at the very end of the movie, yep. because you know Leonard Nimoy just died, and they they said dedicated to Lin, Leonard Nimoy, and right after that it said for Anton. So it's kind of kind of sad. It's still every yeah. time I think about it, that man, it breaks my heart. Yeah, that it's was really just, it's a heartbreaking. I saw his story, parents man. on the news, and just oh, it's I funny that it. I I thought I would be crying in the movie the first time I saw Chekhov in the movie. Oh yeah, and but I didn't. I I I I kind of held it together and. 
saw him and he, and he did a great job in the film. But at the end, when I saw his name up there, I did feel like crying. Yeah. I mean, it was really, And you, you had really a personal connection, sad. if people don't know. You had yeah, a because connection. my, my uh, daughter's ice skating coaches are his mom and dad. Oh, man. So really, really Big, sad. Massive. Oh, it's just gut-wrenching. I have a question for Bruce. Well, I don't, but Scott... Screws so for me. Yep, Bruce. Boy, um, they must really be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how much improvisation comes into play when you are writing material, or is it most most of it charted? For example, in the song "The Epic Cure," I love the the way you guys break it down in the middle section and get a little bit funky. Was that charted, or did the groove happen spontaneously through jamming and improvising on that song? Okay, uh, that was the arrangement, but it, it did originally happen because of stuff that, you know, playing the song, it just sort of happened at one point, and I sort of, or something like it happened, and I built it into the arrangement. I would like to say that that song, The <coughs> Epic Cure, um, is a retitled song from, it originally had a different title, and I just uh, changed the name for this version of it. Uh, it was inspired by playing with Bobby Hutcherson, who just recently passed away. Right. Really? One of the world. Yeah, Bobby died about a couple weeks ago. Really? Truly one of, the, one of the most inspirational musicians I ever heard or met. And I was so fortunate to live in San Francisco growing up, and he lived there too. And at the club I used to go play, he was, he was pretty much the house band. I mean, his band would be playing there one week out of every two or three months for sure. And the guys in that band I played with growing up, and I ended up playing in his band for numerous years, you know, off and on, and doing some records with him. And he's on some of my records. But particularly that, that shift from E minor to C minor in the key of G is very much based on a couple of uh, songs that Bobby hit me to of his own. And the bass player, a great bass player here in, in L.A. named James Leary, also, some ideas that just just kind of inspired me, and and I put them together in a different way. But the the way it goes, it way it breaks down from six eight to a shuffle four. That just happened one night. We were just you know playing the tune, and it was not this band that you heard on the record, but right. the whole band. And we just kind of broke it down and just, just did a shuffle. And I said, well, I like that. And then I wrote an ostinato for it and built it into the arrangement. Yeah. So I guess the answer is yes and no. Yeah. That you pipe and smoke it. Was okay. That too, was that a little too technical? No, no, it's great. You okay. lost me at the first sentence. <laughs> you lost me when you, you lost said, me at E minor. Yeah, it was C minor. <laughs> it's I, the second I, saddest of all chords. Right. <laughs> I'll never play anything in C minor. <laughs> Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's another episode under our belt. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging with us. We hope you enjoyed that. We, uh, we got lots of more questions that we're going to answer in uh, the coming episodes. We've got John Pizzano coming up. Uh, obviously, more questions from the emails. Uh, we've got more Tim and uh, Pete from uh, Tim and Pete Guitar Show. That coming up. We're going to have more guests. We've got, uh, I believe, Smitty is going to come in and uh, Kingsley for uh, Scott's mate. So, uh, yeah, we've got a lot coming up. It's going to be fun. So stick with us. Hang uh, for next week and uh, keep guitar wanking. 
what else are you going to do with your life? Really? I mean, just guitar wank podcast. Share it. This is Scott and Bruce, by the way. I should have said it was me. Anyway. Till next week, guys. Have a good one.